the Lightning Process podcast. Understanding how to use the mind-brain-body connection for your health. Hi and welcome to this podcast about the Lightning Process from me, Dr. Phil Parker. Today's topic is all about the essential quality of developing self-kindness and self-compassion. Although these things at first glance may seem not that important in the greater scheme of things, it turns out there's some fascinating research into how essential self-kindness and self-compassion are for developing your health. It turns out that being kind to yourself, strongly linked to cardiovascular well-being, to your ability to sleep well, to reducing stress, to reducing your chance of becoming addicted to things, and so much more. There's even some research that suggests just doing some meditation based on self-compassion and self-kindness is enough to change the ends of your genes, the little things called the telomeres, which generally, as we get older, get a bit frazzled and frayed and unravel a bit, a bit like the end of your shoelace. When people practiced self-kindness, self-compassion, there was an observable change in the structure of the end of the telomere, this bit that normally changes as we get older. So these findings suggest that self-kindness even has an effect on the aging process at a genetic level. The other deeply fascinating thing about self-kindness and self-compassion is how rare it is how few people are genuinely kind to themselves. There's a phrase we often use in the lightning process, which is, if you treated your friends like you treat yourself, would you have any? So if you were talking to your friends in the way that you maybe have internal dialogue with yourself, where you pretty mean to yourself, beat yourself up, are judgy and critical, if you said that out loud to people, would they still want to hang around you? And for many people, the answer is no. And that speaks volumes. If we're not being kind to ourselves, if we're not having that positive regard to ourselves, that's a very powerful conversation that we keep on having with ourselves again and again that produces a sense of conflict, a sense of stress within us. And we know not only does self-compassion increase our well-being, but stress and these kind of conversations do create this sense of inner stress, inner conflict. This ongoing stress is really detrimental to so many of our body systems. So how come this is such a common thing? How come people are quite mean to themselves? Well, somewhere back in our past, we learnt to adopt an internal destructive conversation. It's interesting to notice it's not how we begin. We don't start with these kind of conversations. When we're tiny and young, we don't really have any conversations about whether we deserve things, whether we're good enough. It's just not really shows up on our radar. So these are things that we learn later on. Maybe we hear things from our peers or parents or from media or on the news or books, or maybe a teacher says something. And because we have this inbuilt, what's called negativity bias, which means we pay more attention to negative things than positive things. And they think this is probably because when 
in evolutionary terms, when we're presented with danger, it's more important to know where the danger is rather than where the nice honey is. So it's much more useful in terms of surviving. So we have this ability kind of hardwired into us to focus up on negative conversations, negative experiences, and to take them more to heart. So maybe we heard some kind of comment, a conversation about ourselves way back when we were younger, and we naturally listened to it because it was negative. It sat kind of deeper in our way of thinking about ourselves. And the other thing, of course, about the way we think is once we've got a thought into our head, once we've got a way of looking at ourselves or the world, we start to see evidence to support it. We've all had that experience of getting something new, like a new type of car. And suddenly we notice that car everywhere. We see everybody's got it in a way that we hadn't noticed before. So once we get stuck into the idea that we're not good enough or we don't deserve kindness towards ourselves, we start to find evidence that supports that idea. But it's not something we're born with. It is something we've learned. And of course, if we've learned to do it, then the good news is we can unlearn it. So the first thing is to be aware of when we're having these damaging and destructive internal conversations about ourselves. The second thing is then to apply the tools of the lightning process or any other techniques you know that help you to bring yourself back into having a conscious awareness that this is optional and that you can change it. Starting to change your internal dialogue, swapping it for the kind of things that you would like to say to yourself. There's a nice phrase that people say, which is, you know, be the person that your dog thinks you are. If you have a dog, your dog thinks you're amazing. What if we could start to think that about ourselves? What if we could see ourselves like our friends see us? Starting to develop this sense of self-kindness, self-compassion is so essential for all change. It's central to the lightning process. And those of you who have done the lightning process, hopefully, have recognized that. It's, it's very easy when we're learning to do something new, to give ourselves a hard time, to beat ourselves up, and that's really not useful. It's the opposite of what we need to be doing. We need to be incredibly kind and patient with ourselves when we learn something new, particularly something that's to, to do with improving our health, because the linkage between kindness and boosting our health is very clear. So I hope this has been useful for you and you take away the idea that there is no place for being hard on yourself when you're learning something new, when you're dealing with new challenges, new obstacles, moving into new phases of your life. And it's time to let go of some of those old conversations that we've been given, probably with the best intent, somewhere back in the day, but they don't fit us anymore. So we can learn once again to bring genuine self-kindness into our lives. And there's one final point, which is when we are kind to ourselves, there's a knock-on effect on how we show up for other people. Maybe you know people who are already very kind to themselves. What's it like to be around them? How does it feel? Imagine what it's like for you to be that person, that person who's being kind to themselves and to be able to awaken that in other people by the way you're being to yourself. Because the more kindness we have in the world, 
the better it is for everyone. I hope you found that interesting. See you on the next one. As ever, if you want more information or some of the references to the studies that I've talked about today, then just drop us a line, info at philparker.org, and we'd love to help you out. So get in touch. <laughs>